on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. So much AR and VR to chew on, I can't take another bite. What are some of your favorite interesting use cases? That the baby out of bank that just takes your money Ooh. and doesn't give it back. That's so meta. That is the most meta thing we may have ever said on this <laughs> Make show. Make that. Yeah. yeah. My kids would want it. I'm, I'm going to have to yeah. edit around all this for, like, the audio podcast, though, because, like, no, it's not going to make sense to anybody. Like, Sorry, oh, yeah, yeah, look for, at this. For folks on the audio podcast, we're, yeah, we're holding the Funko Pop. Oh, yeah, storytelling. It's, it's a miniaturized version of Baby Yoda. There's a miniaturized version of the Mandalorian with his with the big bobblehead. They're both bobbleheads. I'm holding a bobblehead Baby Yoda. It's bobbling <laughs> adorably at me. Big, big black eyes. Careful, you are wandering into some ASMR territory. I do not want to go down. It's, listen... <laughs> You can hear it. You can hear it bobble. Well, now it made it completely worth it for all the audio podcast listeners. There you go. All right. uh, Before we get into the questions, I want to give a shout out to David Claviera. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Either way, he's the guy, one of a few out there who help us track our time codes when we publish the episode so that you don't have to sit through the opening. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. It's really awesome to see that uh, community effort. So thanks, David. Uh, First up, let's take a question from our friend Matthew Datcher on YouTube. He says, any idea what the killer AR app will be for consumers? That is a really good question. We don't have one yet. And I yeah. think like, you know, that's you can see companies like Spatial trying to figure it out. I mean, Pokemon was the killer AR app um, for a little while. Yeah, for, for a while. And, and it's still nothing has beaten it. Um, I think, you know, I think furniture stuff, weirdly, is is really that may sound oh, gimmicky. Yeah. But like that's or like Warby Parker's one. Like these are weirdly practical ones where you just you try on the glasses and see what they look like. Right. And that's great. Similarly, I think uh, a number of companies are pursuing trying to measure out your home still and put things in it and size things. So like that interior design thing is super practical, whether you remember to use it or whether it works with all the stuff you want. I think that's intriguing. I think the other killer thing, like you'll see a lot of companies, we'll see how killer it is. We'll talk about telepresence. Um, Facebook, that's a giant direction for them continually. Um, Spatial and others. The idea that, you know, it's like we already do this now where we're we're having teleconferencing. Um, But like imagine your Zoom or your other thing where or Skype where now you're sitting with other people in your room in a mix of like here's your office and here's some virtual stuff. And it just kind of begins to blend. Um, is that annoying or helpful? I think it'll be a mix of stuff. Um, everyone's going to throw stuff against the wall to see mm. how much that's helpful for you. But I don't know the rest of that. Then, then you got floors of lava and pizza, pizza floors. No, um, Dad, it's a great question. And if we had the answer, we wouldn't be working here. We'd probably be off making hundreds ha- of dollars have, on have an the, AR project. I have the answer. Pizza floors. To, <laughs> uh, collaborative pizza floors. Well, I, I think that uh, the multiplayer element in AR is still not not here. Mm. And um, a lot of companies moving towards that together, kind of see what that turns into. That could be really intriguing. But yeah, I think it's about other people. I think AR is about other people. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're, just, you're, you're building a 3D thing alone. Right. Uh, so, well, hardware-wise, we just don't have the right hardware to power the real AR experiences we really want out of this, right? Like yeah. right now, it's... There are these glasses, but like no one's going to buy those things. Like no. the phone stuff, it, it feels very gimmicky. It's these snap filters, and that's it. They're like one off. Oh, they're totally one off gimmick so, things. And yeah. and then like the other part, which is the Google's been trying this with lens, but going all the way back to Google Glass, like you know, how much do you want your glasses to be your tricorder for life, where it analyzes the world, mm-hmm. can can pick up things. 
that's incredibly hard to do and requires a lot of the world to already be ready to work with that stuff, yep. which is like the IoT, 5G, dream of all that. Some of that stuff, like I think about f- facial scanning, face identification, which everyone's cracking down on, but that's also part of that weird future slash Terminator dream of like remembering yes, people. Yes, being able to walk into like a bar and be like, oh, I know you, you're so-and-so, yeah. I met you 10 years ago. God, I still think there's gonna be a lot of back and forth push on like apps that may start seeing if you could authorize that for certain there was opt-in like needs. one AR company now it's defunct that they were making AR glasses. Like I talked to their CEO and he like kind of, I mean, he said that's like, that's, you know, uh, and he said it, he didn't say it like he didn't, I don't think he understood the consequences of that privacy wise, but it was more like, you know, if you have Alzheimer's or if you've got, Absolutely. You know, like there's a lot of being able to like have memory. that data being pulled into like, yeah, but there's also some privacy concerns there. When it's just, about privacy bubbles. Yeah. I think it's like you have to, you have to be able to opt in with, with trusted groups. It can't just be something that just happens. And that's how you're going to manage that or trust that. But that whole like smart glasses, the idea of it being smart and analyze yeah. is the other part of AR that, that can't be overlooked besides the, I'm going to put virtual things in your world. Mm. So there's also that. So Scott, um, while we're still on the topic of AR, VR, the future of the industry, uh, you actually had a conversation with the new CEO of HTC not too long ago. I did. Uh, help me pronounce it. Uh, I know his first name is Eves, but what was his last name again? <laughs> You're testing me. Eves Maten? Eves Mater, I believe. Mater? Okay. Mater? Yeah. I, this is... I'm, I really apologize. He was very, he was Damn very it. Swiss Now and I'm going to get this wrong. I had it and then <laughs> I was so. Spot, that's right? why I said before HGC CEO because I was like, I, fr- I rem- try to remember how to pronounce. You so. got it right in the video, which I edited last night, mind you. I just, I, yeah. I wanted to maybe. If you watch the video. Well, let, I was going to say, let's cut to a little excerpt from this yeah. real quick. Let's just take, a, oh, take cool. a listen because your conversation, we'll just put a minute in here, uh, but your conversation with him is utterly fascinating and yeah. some of his analogies are just out of the And this, this is world, before so. Mobile World Congress, which then got canceled. So it's kind of, he was here in New York. Yeah. All right. Let's take a watch. Vive has been, you know, business, PC based and moving more mobile. And he had made phones before and it sounds like you know, there's the blockchain phone and there's some other uh, technologies still being built. Where do you compare yourself versus the, the rest of the industry and the rest of the landscape? We are building a market. I mean, uh, I, and I would like to say that everyone, the, the, the previous name you mentioned, we are all here to build this world of virtuality. And, and, and we are building the market. We started with Vive to build a market. And, and now we have, you know, Facebook with Oculus helping us to build the market. And, and, and they are so welcome because all together we will make it happen. What's, what's funny to think is, you know, the way they make it and the way we make it is different. You know, early in the 19, you have US starting to build the car industry and, and Europe starting to build a car industry. Mm. At that time, nobody really understood why I should have a car. We have horses, we have train, you know, why, why we should have cars? And, and some visionaire, you know, realize it will change totally the game. And in the US, you have a guy like Henry Ford. And his vision was, you know, I want to make it mass market designed to be mass market, AI designed to be as price less as possible and black. While in Europe, we had the same concern, how to make this industry works. You remember Benz, Mercedes, BMW, Peugeot, Delage, Delahaye, Bugatti, and all those guys, their target was to say, the market is segmented. 
how can we give opportunity to as many people, bringing them the technology they need to make the car industry happening. And if you look 100 years after, Ford's still here and Mercedes-Benz or BMW or Peugeot's still here too. The target is we need to create the market. There is not, not only one way to create the market. There are several ways to create the market. And the beauty is that you know we have Oculus creating the market in one way, while Vive is creating the market the other way. I thought that was just a really interesting little tidbit. He does love to make analogies to the auto market, though. He did that several times. In oh, conversation. yeah. He's a car guy. And I also like that it sets up that like HTC is the Mercedes. You know, it's a very, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty lofty position. Put it's a nice into. position. Yeah, yeah. But it is. I, I really like that. I also love his shirt. And I felt like that oh, was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, I'm going to do that next time. And it's not going to work well for me. But <laughs> it's a total power. Play. Dude, he's a CEO. He could pull that off. Right. He just comes in. I was it like, is, oh, my God. As Brian says it's a power play. It's a total it power works. play. It works. You know, that was that was a, a smart move. And it was cool. I thought that was also a smart analogy because, yeah, exactly. I think there's no denying that that Facebook is going to win out on price mm -hmm. and mass market. It's being engineered to do that. And I think Vive for a while has been looking at business. And some people may see that as a retreat, but also like that's that's the biggest – Use, useful market out there oh, yeah. right now. I mean, that's where the money is too. Yeah, that's where the money is. Sure. That's where people are developing, making movies, designing stuff. Um, and uh, and you and I will see, you know, anecdotally at least, um, you know, people are making stuff in VR. They're building stuff in mm -hmm. VR. I see Vives because um, Oculus and, and the way it's closed off with its tracking, the flexibility with something like Vive is more developer friendly and I've heard that a lot. And, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out, but I think that that's the also the creator versus the consumer a little bit in the landscape. Mm. But it is interesting. The car thing was, and again, it takes decades, and I, we're starting to hear about this stuff that it's going to take decades in a in a world where like the apocalypse feels like it looms all the time. It's hard to imagine <laughs> decades, but um, there you have it. Um, I think I, I do think this stuff is not like an instant um, fix. It's it's watching it over time. Yeah. He had some really great perspectives on everything. He's a fascinating person to listen to talk and just like let his mind go. Uh, we'll, of course, link to that uh, interview if you want to watch the whole thing. If you have any remote interest in VR or AR, it took me a minute to like digest some of the conversation, but that's because I'm a dummy. I, 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 it got me there. <laughs> Uh, all right, it took me. It took me time too. These are always like mind blowing talks. Or his thoughts on five G were really intriguing. As he started talking about uh, the sharing, uh, the, the sort of um, data load management between devices, and that it could more intelligently mm -hmm. load balance. That's still. I'm like, I, I want that oh, explained that again to me. Yeah, it's almost like a, like smart processing, like being able to like know when to devote the horsepower to this device versus this device. Yeah, he made a yeah, real, yeah, yeah. that was like a main point he was bringing up. And I was like, I'm not fully up to speed on all of that. But I, he was claiming that like with 5G, you're able to do that in a way that you can't with other, with previous networks. And right. that will also carry through to IoT. It makes sense if you have like eight different wearable things. Right. They could start distributing. It's, like, it's the next level right now. Know. Like networks have something called software defined networks that allow basically the, the move bandwidth from place to place as needed. Yeah. And this is sort of the next step. It's like layering, once you get the bandwidth, layering like computing horsepower on top of that. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So it was, it was cool. Right. And, uh, and now, I mean, Mobile World Congress is not happening. It's not. Uh, this was exactly. the, idea, when he came in January, the idea was that we'd learn more then, but uh, it sounds like a GDC, they're going to be showing 
some more about the XR faceplate that the Proton thing is is a little ways off. I think it's going to line up with where Qualcomm's going with Got it, yeah. all these. That's and, the one that has me more intrigued for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And But then like by the time that comes out, I feel like you're going to hear about like five other companies yeah. all doing things along those lines with different features. Hey, when you're Mercedes, you take your time, right? <laughs> <laughs> you do. You do it right. It was a cool, that that analogy totally, like Brian <laughs> said, it stuck with me. And that was like, that. that's, it's something to grab onto. It's a very generous description. <laughs> It right. is. And the shirt, everything. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, here we are. We're in the race car. <laughs> All right. We just have a few minutes left. We really got to try to get some questions actually answered. Uh, Timothy says, does the AR companies rely on devs making the apps or adoption rates by consumers? Or are they aiming for pros instead of just consumers? A little bit of all of that. I think if you're talking to like a company making uh, Magic Leaps and HoloLens, starting with the Magic Leap HoloLens side of things, increasingly Magic Leap is joining the HoloLens side, going to business. But um, yeah, that's like going right to businesses, yep. trying to come up with tools and maybe even not create apps, but just like have a develop a framework to collaborate and and use it. Um, to work on that, sometimes the, those companies will also really fund. And and guide exploratory projects, and so mm-hmm. those become like Magic Leap's done that for years with art. That's why Tribeca and Sundance. You'll see these uh, artistic experiments that are really ways of exploring that stuff. Then I think you get into yeah, like there's no money in it unless there are users, right? So yep. Um, and also, developers don't really want to develop for it if there's no, no base. So it's like Pokemon that goes to the phone thing. So then you get right. into like the phone side of things. Snap and Instagram—that's a totally different world because now you're getting into. Do people think of it as AR or they think of it as a filter? Tons of influencers and others selling filters, having filters, right. um, lenses. Now that's an AR tool, but it's it's an interesting model because there you have like it's on phones. People are having fun with it. There's a market. Um, there's branding. This is kind of like the, the the beginning of the possible future you could have with glasses where it's like a living economic solution for people. Like mm. there's actual people wanting to show off their stuff, share what they've got. You've got this new filter you created, this new lens. Pizza Hut's got a whatever or, or you know, CNET's got something. Pizza floors. Pizza floors. Sure. Um, you Star Trek thing. I just, I'm just making up brands to, to throw in there. I'm trying to be well, – to I, spread out Star Wars. Just to get this back on track because we're going to run out of time. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. I, I feel like this is going to be one of those things as an industry um, temple that the use case is always going to come into question. You know, when, where can this be useful? Yes. And that's the interesting part is the versatility and where it can work in and go and how we find new ways that you never thought or never would have expected. Uh, there's great conversation happening right now in our YouTube chat about it. I just wanted to point out one from Timothy says, I would love more AR VR for av- aviation school like bungee jumping or skydiving. Oh, yeah. There's an interesting thought. Never would have occurred to me. Uh, Eric goes on to say, please do more with AR than just photo filters. You said it yourself. That's kind of like the gateway drug for it right now. But yeah, yeah. we'd love to see, obviously, more than just silly Snapchat photo filter things. I think you will. No, there will be a lot more of that. And I think it, AR is a little more challenging because the hardware is not fully baked. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that really uses it is thousands of dollars. VR, you're at the point now where you have a couple hundred dollars with a really good headset. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more stuff like that. And you're already starting to, uh, where, where they see a market and they die, they dive in because they know people are interested. Um, and really the VR, uh, yeah. I still see it's, it's less of a consumer thing. It's more, even if for consumers, like VR is a, like amusement park experience, right? Yeah. 
So it's it's that's sort of what it is now. It's, it's it is. Although there's a lot, of, like you mentioned with the the flight training or other things, there's a lot of training applications mm. with VR that get really interesting. Um, sports uses it, or you know, uh, again like flight or or. There's or, actually a new Microsoft Flight Simulator coming out. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like photorealistic. I, oh, yeah. I, I wonder if it'll actually kind of work with like HoloLens or something for some sort of like application. I'm sure there'll be elements that will that will dovetail with that. It's all yeah. Microsoft. It's all in the same family. Right. right. Oh, I saw like an incredible, the Vario demo I saw put me in a, in a cockpit. This is on the high end level that they're already using this with Volvo and they're using it mm-hmm. with, in, um, for, for, uh, for military type uh, simulation training where you can put yourself in a cockpit, even one that's a mix of real and virtual, mm. where it could see uh, the readout and then everything outside of you is virtual and you're learning how to operate the real switches and displays. Oh, wow. You can see the real world around you and it can also use eye tracking to see what you're engaging in and help you get feedback on the stuff you're missing. Volvo's using it to test drive real cars where wow. they're putting it... This is mind blowing, but on test tracks, they're they're driving cars and then painting. I saw like a demo of this with a virtual car sitting in, and they were painting it around me. Mm-hmm. Real cars with new virtual interfaces to test out how the layouts would work and begin thinking about how the car design could function for you, the driver, in terms of what's distracting, what's helpful. Huh. So that's crazy. Wow. And that's actually like Volvo's one of the early partners for them, but like that's the stuff that's beginning to happen. Um, and I think that's where you, you blend like training and building and doing stuff in the real world. All right. Yeah. We, we have gone way over time. Uh, unfortunately, we got to cut the conversation short. But as always, thank you, Scott, for coming on. We'll have a lot more of course. To, to chew on and digest with more and more VR. I do recommend if you get a chance, folks, we'll link to it. Uh, check out this conversation with Eves from HTC. And uh, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, farewell from Baby Yoda. Uh, that one goes specifically out to Eric, who is not a fan of Baby Yoda. Oh, what? <laughs> Come okay. on. Come on. It's okay. We it cuts through even the most cynical heart. The Baby eyes Yoda. are a little bit creepy. I mean, that's part of the point. Yeah. Anyways, Roger, go ahead and but, take us out. All right. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. As always, if you want to learn more, there are links to all today's stories in the description below. Plus, the show is also available as an audio podcast. Links to this, links to subscribe to that are in the description as well. For the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. I'm Scott Stein. Thanks for joining us.